the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, now. What seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. Incidentally, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business, getting depressed and all that. It happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. What is it you want? Real estate. Yes, uh, the the uh, t- the gift of choice this Christmas, as you guys are all out there, Black Friday and Black Saturday and Black Sunday. Uh, not to be a racial comment or anything, but you're all you're all fighting the crowds at the uh, at the, uh, the the malls getting Christmas season started. The gift this the gift of choice this year is real estate. Stop spending your money on useless toys and useless electronics and all that stuff. Buy your kids some real estate. That's what they want. Uh, I got a better idea. Buy yourself some real estate. Let your kids fend for themselves. You know what? Uh, was it uh, Warren Buffett or was it Bill Gates? I think it was Warren Buffett that said, leave your kids enough so they can do anything. Don't leave them enough that they can do nothing. So uh, I'm uh, I'm following that. And uh, Mama and I are, uh, are planning on spending our kids' inheritance before we die. Uh, happily for the kids. We probably won't be able to. Um, but we're going to give it a, we're going to give it the old college try. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving weekend and we're going to talk about, hopefully there's no, uh, you know, I'm recording early because of the, because of the holiday. So I don't know if anything has happened with, uh, all the crowds in the malls and, uh, involving a suicide vest, but I told everybody that I know that I recommended they, they shop on the internet. I know that's not good for, uh, for the stores and the malls, but, um, we have a real threat out there, and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley, also offices in Corona, Temecula, Downey, Westlake Village, and Orange, and uh, to service all of Southern California for all your real estate financing needs. If you are involved in wanting to get involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, treat yourself for Christmas. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to call on the phone because you don't want to say your personal stuff out loud or you just don't want me to know what your voice – you got a really distinctive voice. You don't want me to know about it until you know that I can do something for you. Go on on your computer – and uh, and uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on Apply Now and give me as much information as you want me to have. And uh, tell me what information you want from me. You'll hear back from myself or one of my, my teammates, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, Justin Clark, or Matt Bradbury. And we will uh, dial you into whatever uh, kind of real estate challenge you have. We'll try to, uh, to fix that up for you. Um, if you hear something you want repeated... You can also be on edhoffman.net, click on Listen to the Main Event, or you can go on iTunes and get our podcast. Just search Ed Hoffman on iTunes, you can have it down, and you can subscribe for free, have it download automatically to your iPad, your iPod, your i 
your iPad, your iPod, your iWatch, something else. I eyeballs, your uh, something else, uh, and your computer. I don't know. I I say this every week. I start to confuse myself because it's the holidays. And because I'm recording on a day I normally don't record. Um, and you can subscribe for free. You can also get the podcast on AM590, The Answer. So uh, if you don't want to, if you don't have a chance to hear this again, you didn't want to. Um, if you want to follow me at Twitter, at Ed Hoffman is where I tweet about current events all week long. And you can like my sh- like the show on Facebook. Uh, just Facebook search The Main Event 590 to find the show. And you can also hear read my weekly columns on iebusinessdaily.com. Click on the opinion tab. You'll see my full list of com of uh, of of columns of my opinions. And dadgummit, everybody has an opinion, and I think everybody's entitled to mine. So let's talk about Thanksgiving, since uh, we just enjoyed Thanksgiving this weekend. And I think there's a lesson there. And I always say that I always say that uh, you know when when I went to school, and I paid attention for the most part um, until I knew what they were talking about. Then I just proceeded to create a uh, a disturbance in the class. So I've said this before. I got a lot of AUs um, because I was a disturbance. I was a class clown, um, but had a real easy time in uh, K through 12. And then I went to went to college to find out that uh, you have to work to get C's. And uh, somebody told me that that uh, a a a students teach b students end up working for c students i was just a c student in college and never finished i'm a college dropout just like uh steve jobs and bill gates and a number of other uh rich and wealthy successful people so uh if that makes me a loser i guess uh you don't know what makes a loser so um so but i do remember that you know, what I remember about Thanksgiving is, hey, you know, the pilgrims came over, came over on the Mayflower. They landed at Plymouth Rock. Um, they met some Indians. They learned how to grow corn and they learned how to hunt and they had a big feast and they called it Thanksgiving. And uh, and we all lived happily ever after. And every November, fourth, uh, fourth Thursday and every November, we do it again and we overstuff ourselves and uh, gain weight. What? What I don't remember, and I'm not really sure if they taught this, because I just don't remember because I'm getting old. Um, but I was reading this book a couple years ago, John Stossel. No, they can't. And uh, and he he reminded he reminded me of really what happened. And I read this a couple years ago, and of course somebody told me that I stuttered on it or something because I copied it out of the book and the edge of the copy, so I was kind of winging whatever was on the edge of the copy. But let me read this to you. Had today's political class been in power in 1623. Now realize the the, the uh, pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock in 1621. So what really happened is they landed in 1621 and they starved, They were starving to death. 1623 is when they figured out how to do things. So had today's political class been in power in 1623, Thanksgiving would be called Starvation Day. Many of us wouldn't be alive to celebrate it. School children are lectured about the beauty of sharing. Teachers portray Thanksgiving as a big group hug. But the first Thanksgiving almost didn't happen because the Pilgrims' leaders dictated a group of hug by force. Plymouth Colony organized their first farm economy along communal lines that would have pleased Michael Moore. Everyone got an equal share of what the community produced. Such sharing seemed to be fair. Everyone got equal share uh, of what the community produced. Because of it, the pilgrims nearly starved. When workers can get an equal return for less effort, workers make less effort. Plymouth settlers often faked illnesses rather than work work the common property. Some stole despite their Puritan convictions. Total production was too meager to support the population. This went on for two years. Hmm, does that sound familiar, folks? If you don't have to, if you just have to do the bare minimum and everybody gets the same, people start finding excuses to not do any more than the bare minimum. I continue. Well, it appeared the famine must still ensue the next year, Governor William Bradford wrote in his diary. So the colonists argued about how they might obtain a better crop than they had done, than they had done, that they might still not languish in this misery. At length, after after much debate, we decided that they should they should set corn for every man for his own particular, and in regard trust to themselves, and so assigned every every family a parcel of land. So they said. uh, 
hey, uh, every man for themselves, everybody gets a piece, and if uh, you don't work, you don't eat. Um, I threw that in. Once each colonist had his own land, the results were dramatic. This had very good success, wrote Bradford, for it made all hands very industrious, so as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been. By this time, harvest was come, and by this time, harvest was come. I don't know how these people how these people write. By this time, harvest was come, and instead of famine, now God gave them plenty. And the face of things was changed to the rejoicing of the hearts of many. Okay. Was that supposed to be a rhyme? Okay, so in other words, the people of Plymouth prospered because they moved from socialism to private property. Because of the change, the first Thanksgiving could be held in 1623. When Plymouth suffered under communalism was what economists today call the tragedy of the commons. The problem that has been since ancient Greece, as Aristotle noted, that which is common to be greatest number, that which is common to the greatest number has the least care bestowed upon it. If individuals can take from a common pot, regardless of how much they put in, then each person has an incentive to be a free rider, to do as little as possible and take as much as possible, because what one fails to take will be taken by someone else. Soon the pot is empty. Does this make any sense today? Uh, what private property does, as the pilgrims discovered, is connect an effort to a reward, creating an, in- an incentive for people to produce. Then, when there's free market, people trade their surpluses to each other for what they lack. Mutual, voluntarily exchange for mutual benefit makes the community richer. So what does all that mean? That means, hey, you know what? Income equality is bad. We don't want income equality because we're not all equal. We're we're unequal. We're unequal because we're supposed to be. You know, those those who want a better life will work harder. Those who don't care about a better life don't have to work harder. And you know, if you don't if you don't if you're not willing to do what other people won't, you won't be able to live like other people can't. So that's how I that's how I see the world. And for those of you that are out there that didn't know that story, the pilgrims were the first the first experiment in communism and it goes to show socialism does not work so let's talk about what's going on the war on muslims last week the world responded to the attacks in paris and if you ask people in the left leaning media the response of the republicans has been heavy with anti muslim rhetoric if you ask the the democrats anti muslim rhetoric hey you know what i call it uh survival Survival of the United States. If we want the United States to survive, we need to make sure that that we're conscious of what's going on, and that we don't we don't political correct ourselves into uh, into uh, getting ourselves killed. And uh, it's called common sense. So uh, I continue. Uh, many Republican presidential can- presidential candidates sounded off on how to handle the Syrian refugees flooding into this country. Uh, Donald Trump thinks we need to do more surveillance and he doesn't care what the media thinks. And quite frankly, I think this is why Donald Trump's leading in the polls. Cause he's just refreshing that. I don't care what anybody thinks. This is the way it is. Cause we all feel that way. Let me play Trump's clip. I want surveillance of these people. I want surveillance if we have to, and I don't care. I want, are you ready for this folks? Are you ready? Oh, they're going to make it such a big deal. They're going to make it so big. He said something so politically incorrect. That's why we're going to hell, because we're so politically incorrect. Such a big deal. Such a big deal. I want surveillance of certain mosques, okay? If that's okay. I want surveillance. I do, too. And just so you know, just so you know, the people are trying to, people are trying to, make this similar to what they did in World War II when they put Japanese people in intern camps. Well, you know, the ja- the country of Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and killed a bunch of our guys. Um, we were being fought by, by, by not a bunch of terrorists that have one weird idea. We were, being, we were being bombed by a country. So we took everybody that came from that country and put them in internment camps. One of them's on 395 called Manzanar on the way up to... Uh, on the way up to uh, where I am this weekend in Mammoth Mammoth Lakes um, skiing. Um, so uh, last week I went on I went on to see who voted against the anti the anti Syrian refugee um, who voted no against that. And you know what? My own congressman Mark Takano, Mark Takano, the guy I'd never voted for, the guy who claims to be 
the first mixed-race, openly gay congressman ever voted to the House of Representatives, although he wasn't openly gay till the first day representative that he introduced himself like that. And uh, and if you if you look at anything that Mark Takano does, most every everything he gets behind is uh, pro-gay, and because that's his that's his agenda. And uh, quite frankly, um, he tweeted out some stuff saying uh, that. Uh, his parents were put in internment camps, and this is just the same thing that we're doing if we don't let the Syrian refugees in. Um, I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same, and I think uh, Mark Takano, along with uh, 135, 134 other Democrats, and I didn't see there was two Republicans that voted against it too. That list of whole 137 of them needs to be gone in November 8th, 2016. We need to make sure that and I don't even know who's running against him, Republican. We need to get somebody good because we need to, to to boot this guy out on his butt because he's not who we are. Oh, you know what? Obama says, hey, we don't we don't have a religious test. That's not who we are. Yeah, well, we don't let we don't let uh, uh, terrorists in, you know, 10,000 Syrian refugees coming in. I bet you at least one of them is going to be a is going to be an ISIS guy. I bet you at least one of them. And, you know, if one of them kills one person, how do you justify that? So anyway, uh, so let's go on. Ben Carson used a comparison that everybody is whining about, about uh, a rabid dog. Let me play uh, his comment about the, uh, the uh, Muslim refugees. If there's a, a rabid dog running around in your neighborhood, you're probably not going to assume something good about that dog. And you're probably going to put your children out of the way. Doesn't mean that you hate all dogs by any stretch of the imagination, but you're putting your intellect into motion and you're thinking, how do I protect my children? At the same time, I love dogs and I'm going to call the Humane Society and hopefully they can come take this dog away and create a safe environment once again. Yeah, and he's he's kind of referring to the Muslims. Hey, you know what? Just because we don't want to hurt Muslims' feelings. All the terrorists, Muslims, they're all they're all fighting in some in some uh, twisted state of Islamic uh, stupor. And you know, just because not all Muslims are terrorists, all the terrorists are still Muslims. And so, just because all dogs, just because all dogs aren't rabid and all dogs aren't bad, you're going to take the rabid dog and get rid of them. And we don't want to let Syrian refugees in here. Um, then Marco Rubio in response to Hillary Clinton saying that, that we aren't at war. So if you saw the, if you saw any of the quotes from Hillary Clinton, we're not at war with Islam. We're not at war with the Muslims and, uh, her and, uh, and Obama just are all, all sucking up to the Muslim people. Um, and here's, here's what Marco Rubio responded to on, uh, George Stephanopoulos show. I don't understand it. That would be like saying we weren't at war with Nazis because we were afraid to offend some Germans who may have been members of the Nazi party but weren't violent themselves. We are at war with radical Islam, with an interpretation of Islam by a significant number of people around the world who they believe now justifies them in killing those who don't agree with their ideology. This is a clash of civilizations. And as I said at the debate earlier this week, there is no middle ground on this. Either they win or we win. And we need to begin to take this seriously. These are individuals motivated by their faith. Of course all Muslims are not members of violent jihadist groups. But there is a global jihadist movement in the world motivated by their interpretation of Islam, in this case Sunni Islam, in the case of ISIS. And it needs to be confronted for what it is. Yeah, we need to confront it for what it is. And, uh, you know, the course of liberals on the media are using this to uh, make this some kind of a evidence of some kind of a war on Muslims. Uh, on, on Sunday's Meet the Press, Chuck Todd um, devoted uh, almost the entire show to the topic. He had a guest on there called uh, Arsalan Iftikhar, senior editor of the Islamic Monthly Magazine. You can imagine what a great guy he was. You can follow him on Twitter at, at the Muslim guy if you want to waste your time and hear some some BS that just gets you mad and ruins your ruins your mood for the whole day. But here are some of his claims of the anti-Muslim activity that's happened since the Paris attacks. 
In the seven days since the Paris attacks, we've uh, seen uh, mosques attack here in the United States in Omaha, Nebraska, Pflugerville, Texas. There was a 43-year-old man in St. Petersburg, Florida, who was arrested by the FBI for saying that he's going to shoot and kill every single Muslim child that he sees. And uh, Southwest Airlines actually had two or three flights where Muslims were taken off of the flights simply because they were Muslim. And so it's pretty much been parked for the course since September 11th. Oh, first it was since, uh, since the Paris attack. And now if you listen carefully, now it's now it's since September 11th. So was it since a week and a half ago or was it since 14 years ago? I'm not sure. He can't decide which one. Um, and you know what? Hey, you know what? If if uh, I will tell you that when I fly, you know, two times they took people off the plane at, for be, just for being Muslim on Southwest Airlines. I don't usually fly Southwest unless we're just going to Las Vegas or somewhere close. We usually fly Delta because I can fly on my American Express bonus points, uh, reward reward points. I'm sorry, and uh, so we uh, we fly Delta usually. But I will tell you, and if we're flying more more than a couple hours, we usually fly, fly first class, just where the terrorists like to sit, close to the cockpit. And Don and I sit down and we serve we we survey the the who's sitting there with us. I mean, do we need to? Probably not. But we always guess who's the air marshal on this flight and who do we have to worry about? And when I see see a Muslim guy, I say, hey, if that guy goes goes near the cockpit, I'm going to go tackle him. And uh, and, you know, you look for where's the other big guys that, you know, if it starts to if it starts to feel weird in first class, let's make sure that we got some big guys that we can tackle these guys and overcome them. Um, so if they start, if they start attacking us, you know, it's when it's, it's kind of like what Ben Carson said. If, if you know, someone's going to shoot you do something, you know, everybody gang up on him. So not everybody gets killed, but one at a time, just sitting there and, and letting it, you know, this is another one of those, uh, stories that they attacked Ben Carson on, uh, for what he said. So, uh, in response to Chuck Todd and the other guests suggested that the Muslim guy hold a public forum with the Republican candidates to discuss the issues, and that's when he kicked up the, the BS a notch. Let me play this piece. I wonder if this forum will take place in, you know, these American Muslim internment camps, which I'm sure is going to be the next step in the, Maybe rhetoric, right here. the, the rhetoric, and I hope you all come visit me in these internment well, camps, because it's getting absurd. I mean, this is, it's absolutely, you know, beyond the pale that, you know, when, when Ben Carson says that Muslims should not be allowed to be president, President, you know, he clearly hasn't, you know, read the religious test clause of the Constitution. And so in many cases, not only should these people not be allowed to run for president, they should retroactively fail eighth grade social studies for not knowing the Constitution. What a bunch of BS. You know what? Um, you know what? If if you heard my show last week when I had uh, Doug Gibbs on talking about the constitutionality of of uh, what a natural born American was, uh, you'll find out they made those rules because they didn't want they didn't want a, a divided allegiance in the president of the United States. And you know what? When Muslims believe something completely different than what American Christians and, and Jews uh, and every other every other religion does, I don't want a Muslim running the country either. Because what they study and what they dedicate their lives to is different than what we do. But you know what? You know, you interpret the Constitution any way you want, depending on what idiot you want to be in uh, in the White House. And uh, I guess letting Obama be uh, be there uh, set a set a uh, a precedent. Um, so while we're t- while we're on the anti-Muslim uh, the anti-Muslim backlash, it goes hand in hand with this next chapter in the story of Ahmed the Clock Boy Mohammed. This week, uh, the family the family remember remember Ahmed Mohammed was a little fifteen year old punk that took apart a Radio Shack clock and put it in a little case all torn apart with the wires and circuit boards and told his and took it to school. The first teacher he showed it to said, "Oh my god, that looks like a bomb. Don't show it to anybody else." And uh, then he showed it to uh, to his social studies teacher. He showed it to the science teacher first, then when he showed it to the social st- studies teacher, he plugged it in and it, the alarm started going off and she freaked out and called the police. And because he is acting suspicious, they questioned him, and he was giving BS answers that, hey, it's just a clock. Well, why did you bring it? Why did you bring it? And uh, so he didn't have any right answers, and so they suspended him. And when they suspended him, our our fearless leader, Barack Hussein Obama, got on uh, got on Twitter or, tweet, or tweeted or went on TV and said, hey, I'm going to invite Ahmed 
He's to the White House to visit, and everybody offered him uh, scholarships because what a great guy he is. I'm going to tell the rest of the story after the break. we got five minutes of uh, commercials and uh, traffic and weather. We'll be right back after five minutes. Don't go away. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. I have the microphone. So unless you change the channel, you will listen to every damn word I have to say. If you want to get in touch with me to find out about mortgages, because this is the only time I'm going to talk about mortgages on this show, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. Hey, you know what? Let me talk about something about mortgages before I finish the Ahmed, the clock boy thing. You know what? Um... I hear I hear other shows on the radio and I see uh you know I started this show cuz I saw this really boring thing on on TV when I'm in Mammoth that uh, broadcast out of Reno called the 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 House Detective and thought it was the boringest show I've ever seen but I watched it every Sunday um and said hey there's got to be a way to make this kind of stuff interesting and people will watch it because I'm watching it and it's boring um so now I listen to other other people's shows I just want to tell you I just want to give you my opinion uh, if you need, uh, if you need a realtor, you need a, uh, or you need a lender. If you go to a realtor that does real estate and does loans, they're not doing either one of them right. So the loan business is too complicated and the real estate business is too complicated. Anybody who's anybody who's doing both and there's a bunch of them out there is shortchanging you on one side or the other. So don't do that. I do uh, I do loans. Call me eight five five six four zero twenty twenty if you need if you need to talk to somebody with uh, with lots of experience and uh, common sense. If you need financing, refinancing, purchase, re, uh, reverse mortgage, any of that stuff, call me eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. So before the end, before the first, but as I finished the first half, I was telling the story of of uh, Ahmed the Clock Boy and his uh, his uh, his bringing this. This uh, thing that looked like he claimed to be a clock, but it looked like a bomb to school. And uh, then, of course, he made a big deal about how he was he was uh, unfairly unfairly treated because they treated him like he was a terrorist. We found out later that uh, his sister had actually been suspended uh, in 2009 from the same school district for making terrorist threats. And uh, and then, as soon as Clock Boy uh, accepted um, President Obama's um, I'm sorry, Barack Hussein Obama. I keep I keep wanting to respect that office, but I just have a it just makes a big red red uh, light shine, red bulb light bulb go off when uh when I say it because it just is just you know say, respecting the office of the presidency and Barack Hussein Obama are two different things. So uh, so he accepted uh, uh, Bo's uh, uh, invitation to come to the White House, and then off his uh, family went. To the Middle East, to uh, Qatar, to live the rest of their life. Well, now, now this week, uh, Ahmed's family demanded in a uh, uh, demanded fifteen fifteen million dollars from the city of Irving, Texas, and the Irving Independent School District for damages. The family claims it suffered after Ahmed was arrested for bringing a briefcase clock to school that teachers thought was a bomb. Uh, Trace Gallagher is explaining where things land. Uh, 
stand now on this case. Trace Gallagher from Fox News. Uh, Let me uh, play that. In a nine-page letter to the school district, the lawyers claim that Ahmed was illegally questioned without his parents present, that during questioning, the principal threatened to expel Ahmed if he didn't admit that his clock was a hoax bomb. And after the charges against him were dropped, the city and school devised a plan to trash Ahmed to the media. The school district claimed that Ahmed wasn't telling the truth about his arrest and that because of federal privacy laws, the school was unable to tell its side of the story. Remember, he built a clock, he says, but electronics experts say he simply took an old clock apart and put the guts inside a pencil case. Some believe he left the wires exposed to make it look more threatening. Others say authorities overreacted because of Ahmed's race and religion. The Irving School District, by the way, says it's reviewing the letter and will respond as appropriate. So apparently they're, they're mad because they questioned him without his parents, uh, without his parents, um, his parents' permission or uh, having his parents there. Let me ask you guys that have kids in school. Do you want the school to call you before they talk to your kids? Your kids do something do something weird. I don't want to be called every time that my kid does something. You know, and maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing, but they talk to him. And so if my, when my kids are at school, hey, talk to him, find out what's going on, call me if it's a concern. I don't need I don't need to uh I don't need to I'll, hey, I give you permission to make my kids obey the rules. Okay? Don't hit them. But my kids learn to obey the rules at home too. So, um, so do you guys want the school to call you every time your kid gets a little out, does something a little, a little off center, and talk to you, or do you think that they can they can handle that? And uh, so that's my. So in the other news, the students causing unnecessary grief at schools, college students, and this is this is probably a couple weeks old, but we haven't talked about it, and it all goes together. Um. College students are still protesting at campuses across the country. It all started at demonstrations at the University of Missouri that forced resignations of the college president two weeks ago. In case you uh, need a reminder, here, here's what happened. Okay, On October 24th, an unknown scandal smeared feces in the shape of a swastika on a bathroom wall in the student resident hall. Okay, So everybody knows what a swastika is, right? And everybody knows what feces is. So uh, a hate crime report was filed. And although the investigator noted that the swastika was likely meant to offend Jewish kids, that some students quickly interpreted it as a demonstration of racism against African Americans. Well, what the what the heck else would they think? Because anything that's done is a demonstration against African Americans. Where did they learn that? From Barack Hussein Obama, from everybody else, from Eric Holder and everybody else out there because black people are just discriminated against even when they're discriminating against jewish people they're discriminating against black kids okay so those students refused to believe that the swastika incident was a hoax in early november many of them launched a hunger strike vowed not to eat until the president of the university resigned i'd say you're going on a diet kids the student who led the hunger strike claimed that the university president, Timothy Wolf hit him with his car during a protest, although it was determined that the student actually ran towards the car on purpose. And Timothy Wolf resigned on November 9th. You know what? Timothy Wolf, you're a weak suck. Okay? You should have said, no way, I'm not resigning. Kind of reminds me of the opening scene, if you've seen it, the movie McFarlane, USA. You know, Kevin Costner is is a, a football coach in Boise, Idaho, or somewhere in Idaho, and some kid is mouthing off to him in the in the very first opening scenes, and is mouthing off to him about uh, about he thinks it's funny that they're they've let more points get scored against them in the history of that school, and it was only the end of the first half. And when Kevin Costner uh, uh, starts to discipline him a little bit, you know, say, "Hey, pick that thing up that you just dropped," and then he he makes a a, a derogatory derogatory. Um, uh, derogatory statement that I'm not allowed to say on the uh, on the radio, but he said it when he sneezed, and then he said something. And uh, Kevin Costner was holding a, a cleat, and he threw it at the locker next to him, and it bounced and hit the hit the kid in the face and made a little cut on there. He had a little piece of blood on it. And the next scene you see is Kevin Costner and his family driving away in their moving van because he got fired. This is teaching kids how, all they have to do to take control of. 
take control of the world. Just mis just miscomplain, misbehave, and then just get everybody fired. But the persecution of college administrators isn't just across the country. It's right here at home in Southern California, Claremont Mechanic College in Claremont. You know where all the where all the artsy fartsy colleges are over there. They can probably hear my voice on this show. Students have been raising awareness about race issues on campus, presented a list of demands to the president last week, including asking the dean of students to step down. And rather than fight accusations made against her, she did. Dean Mary Spellman resigned from her position after this timeline of events. You know what? At some point, at some point, you got to say, uh-uh. You know, let's just stop college. College is, is a bunch of spoiled-ass punks, don't know what they want to do with their life, that are are uh, wasting their parents' money and their own money and our taxpayer monies because they're getting student loans, guaranteed student loans, free money. It's being, they're being, it's, I will say it again, college is the most overrated, overpriced scam on this, on this country. You know what? If you're not going to be a lawyer or a scientist or a doctor, you don't need to go to college. Um, maybe an engineer, but most everybody gets out of high school and you know what they should do? We should institute the draft and have everybody go serve two years for their country. And that way they have two more years away from mommy and daddy and learning how to be disciplined and learning how to have some work ethic and then let them decide where to go to college. I know I didn't, I know I didn't know what I was going to do. I went to college to be an engineer. I really didn't want to be an engineer. Uh, my mom wanted me to be an engineer. I just wanted to get rich. And guess what? I don't know very many engineers that are rich. And uh, eventually led, led me from one one career to the other till I found the mortgage business and my niche. So here's the timeline. Here's the timeline of events at Claremont McKenna. You know, just a, a twenty minute drive from where I'm recording. Several prominent students were photographed wearing Halloween costumes that were deemed offensive by the other students including blonde female students wearing stereotypical Mexican sombreros and mustaches. Oh, my God. They're dressed up as as mariachis. How offensive can that be? A Latina student emailed Dean Spellman expressing concerns over the costumes, and the dean responded with an email that said, We are working on how we can better serve our students, especially those who don't fit our Claremont McKenna College mold, our CMC mold. Students launched protests and hunger strikes over anger at the dean's choice of words when she said, fit our CMC mold. They reportedly screamed and swore at her for over an hour during her public apology to the campus. What was she apologizing for? Maybe some kids are better better left away from college. Let them go work for their mommy and daddy and let them teach them something because they weren't obviously... They're, they're learning the wrong thing from society out there, and they're not learning how to behave themselves. Here's, here's a lawyer, political commenter, and pro-Israel uh, advocate, Alan Dershowitz, who is no conservative, his take on the protests and the story of what happened to him recently on a college campus. Well, these are the same people who claim they're seeking diversity. The last thing many of these students want is real diversity, diversity of ideas. They may want superficial diversity of gender, superficial diversity of color, but they don't want diversity of ideas. We're seeing a curtain of McCarthyism descend over many college campuses. You know, I don't want to make analogies to the 1930s, but we have to remember that it was the students at universities who first started burning books during the Nazi regime. And these students are book burners. They don't want to hear diverse views on college campuses. When I went to speak at Johns Hopkins University, there were protests. It was said that because I won't acknowledge that Israel commits crimes against the Palestinians, I am, quote, harassing students and violating the ethical standards of Johns Hopkins University. By expressing my opinion, I'm harassing students. This has become a very serious problem, not only in American universities, but in universities around the world as well. And it is influencing and having a terrible impact on the education of students. Yes, and I don't know that they need to be educated at colleges anymore because they're just they're just uh they're uh infestations of idiocy and liberalism. Um you know what when you when you talk about what Alan Dershowitz was talking about, you know what? Um they're protesting because he he wouldn't acknowledge that Israel was was uh was uh doing bad things to uh to pal to the Palestinian people. You know what? I like what Dennis Prager says. 
if if the uh if the Palestinians just put down their weapons and just stop fighting, there'd be peace. If the Israelis just stop fighting and put down their weapons, everybody in Israel would be dead. So who's the problem over there? Is it Israel or is it Palestine? I don't know. I don't know. It seems unclear to me. You know what? Clear thinking people can see what's going on and see what's going on in the world. You need to be a clear thinking person and don't be a secret agent of clear thinking. You know what? I know you're a clear thinker and you know you're a clear thinker, but nobody else does. Because you won't ever talk to anybody. You won't raise your voice and, and have a claim when you got some idiot at work talking about how Obama made everything right with Obamacare. Okay? Guess what? He didn't. He screwed it up. If you've had to use any of your insurance, you know that's the fact. Just go over to Loma Linda or any, any local hospital and ask the people that work there if the healthcare industry is better or worse because of Obamacare. You know, and people, I don't have Obamacare because we have private insurance and I pay for private insurance for all my employees and, uh, and, uh, we're spending half a million dollars this year for, for health insurance. It was nowhere near that two years ago, three years ago, but it is now. Isn't it great? Isn't it a great, great world? And, uh, and the deductibles go up and, and when you see what, when you see the, the claim stuff, the insurance companies don't have to pay hardly anything. I pay more in premiums and deductibles than the than the insurance company pays, and we had some heavy bills this year. So, uh, so that's what I say. Um, so get out there and talk, talk, and raise and raise your uh, raise your voice. And when you hear when you hear these these uh, idiot kids um, going in the wrong direction, straighten out how they think. The difference between the the rich people in this country and the poor people in this country is one thing. It's the way they think. If the people want income equality, I saw one interview with uh, one of these college students uh, in uh, with uh, Neil Cavuto on Fox, and he said, "Hey, we should have the 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 girl goes, we should have free college. College should be free for everybody. This should be their right." And Neil Cavuto says, "Who's going to pay for it?" Um. Um, well, the 1% people, the people that are hoarding all the, all the wealth, you know what, as a one percenter, I'll tell you, and I've, and I know a lot of one percenters, nobody got there. Nobody had it handed to them. None of the people I know had it handed to them. We all worked, worked to get there. We worked, worked our, worked our butts off really hard to get there for a lot of years before it happened. So anyway, that's the way America is, and uh, feel free to share that with your adult kids, their friends, your friends at work. And, uh, you know, uh, they say uh, don't talk religion and politics because it starts fights. Uh, we need some fighting so we can uh, fight for our country. So uh, I got an email. If you've been to edhoffman.net, I have a uh, post on there that uh, they have a post over there that was re- referenced to an email I got on my uh, on my website um, I don't know how long ago I posted this, but someone was saying about what caused the uh, the mortgage meltdown, which caused the the uh, the economic meltdown that we saw in 2008, and many people lost their houses, and we had to bail out the banks, which I got paid back, and we bailed out everyone, and all the all the trillions of trillions of debt we have in this country basically stem from that, and uh, and I basically laid it out. I laid it out. If you go to edhoffman.net, go to the go to the bottom of the front of the uh, of the homepage, and you'll see how I laid it out to this guy. One of my former employees, who used to be a loan officer before the crash and all the and all the uh, and all the uh, increased regulation, he sends me an email. And this guy, this guy is I would consider is a friend of mine. He's he's not someone that him and I he left because he went to go do a different job. And, you know, we're, we're friendly. Um, Ed, I was reading your response to the post on your website and I'm a bit confused. What is the purpose of government? The only thing they can do is govern, which is to regulate. When an industry like the housing, what housing got out of control during that approximate 10 year period, the government failed to regulate housing going up to 100 to 300% during the bubble period. And the Bush administration did nothing. Greenspan, along with Bush, announced that they didn't see a problem because of the rising equity. 
I don't think that's true. Uh, sort of, sort of like saying if the government is watching, a pyramid schemes are okay. That is sort of like seeing your house go down from going, seeing your house go down from the flood and saying, just a little creek, no problem. They said they tried to regulate Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, but they were blocked by the Democrats. You and I know that is a sort of like cutting down orange trees to promote apples. Two different products. The problem was the government failed to regulate the industry that was the problem, which was stated income and undocumented loans. So what he's saying is Fannie Mae buys good loans and subprime was different. He's absolutely 100% wrong. Absolutely 100%. I know you like Bush and I voted for him too, but I have to say now in hindsight, he was a big part of the problem. I blame him for opening the door to Democrats and giving us these terrible government-controlled and regulated industry. But today I have to say I'm glad to see we are back to basics. FHA is king, and that is where we need to be. To save the housing industry, they have had to bring the rates to nearly zero, and this is causing much and this is causing much of the inflation. I just hope our Republican government has learned a lesson. Some good regulation is required. I think they should publicly admit they failed us and say they've learned from this fo- and to focus on regulating in the ways that will keep steady growth. I think Bush administration knew that the bubble was rising but ignored it to fund the Gulf War, which was probably one of the biggest mistakes the government has made in my lifetime. Thought you might want opposition on your statement from a good, respected devil's advocate. Well, number one, Bush wanted to fund the Gulf War. Uh, I don't know. I remember this thing that happened on September 11, 2001, and I don't think Bush planned that. I think a bunch of Muslims ran planes into the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and were aiming for some other uh, target, the Capitol or White House, but the Flight 93 guys made that one crash. I think I have a friend named Chris Newton that I went to high school with at Lakewood High School. Uh, he graduated in 1980. I graduated in 79. But we had a class together. He was a good guy. He was on Flight 77 that hit the Pentagon. I don't think George Bush did that. And I don't think his family's missing him because of George Bush. And I think if someone, if the Muslims punch you in the face... Uh, repeatedly, you can turn you can turn the other cheek only so long before you say, "Hey, forget it," and you punch back. And Bill Clinton, you know, was in in office when they when they bombed the World Trade Center the first time. And Bill Clinton was in office when they bombed the uh, the uh, uh, the consulates in the wherever it was in um, the two other countries, the consulates. And when they bombed, I'm uh, I'm lacking lacking memory here because I have cold. Um, and when they bombed the, the USS Cole in Yemen and, uh, and Bill Clinton's also the one that was fighting to save his presidency from the Monica Lewinsky, uh, uh, um, the Monica Lewinsky debacle, uh, you know, I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky, um, when in fact he did, um, uh, and he, and when they had bin Laden in the crosshairs, and uh, he said, "Nah, you, no one would. No one would take the would give the command to take the shot." So let me uh, let me just educate educate you about how I responded to him a little bit. Um, so you know, in 1999, 1999, and this is from uh, New York Times. In a move that could increase homeownership, this 1999, September 29th, uh, in the New York Times, um, that. Uh, during the Clinton administration, two years before uh, Obama went, or to, when Bush uh, went in, um, in a move that could help increase homeownership rates among minorities and low-income consumers, Fannie Mae Corporation is easing credit requirements on loans that will purchase it will purchase from banks and other lenders. The action, which will begin as a pilot program involving 24 banks in 15 markets, including the New York metropolitan region, will encourage those banks to extend home mortgages to individuals whose credit is generally not good enough to qualify for conventional loans. Fannie Mae officials say they hope to make it a nationwide program by next spring. Fannie Mae, the nation's biggest underwriter of home mortgages, has been under increasing pressure from the Clinton administration to expand Mortgage loans among low and moderate income people and people that can't afford to make their payments or don't make their payments if they can and felt pressure from stockholders to maintain its phenomenal growth in, in profits. So that's where it started, folks. They they created and you know who was the head of the the uh, House Financial Services Committee at the time was a guy named Barney Frank. The openly homosexual uh, guy with the lisp who said, I don't see any bubbles here. Oh, I don't think it's going to be a problem. And uh, he was uh, having a homosexual relationship with one of the head guys at Fannie Mae. 
which if he was Republican would have been considered conflict of interest. So that's what happened. And the banks were forced, forced said, hey, if you don't sell 37% of your portfolio to Fannie Mae uh, in the subprime products, then you don't get to sell anything to Fannie Mae, which effectively took those banks out of the market if they didn't. So they, the government and Fannie Mae got together and forced the banks to sell those. You know what? If the free markets were there, the banks all have, have stockholders and board of directors, and they don't want to do loans that aren't going to pay themselves back. And that's how it went down. There's a movie coming out called The Big Short coming out. I think it's coming out uh, two days before Christmas, and it looks like it's going to be a good one. But if you watch Wall Street 2, The Money Never Sleeps, if you watch Too, Ri- Too Big to Fail, there's a whole bunch of those movies out there that talk about what happened. The Big Short talks about how Wall Street took all these all these uh, BS loans and uh, and created this thing called a credit default swap to insure themselves, which ensured that they not only brought the world economy down and all the banks, they brought the insurance industry down as well, which is the only industry that has more money than the banks. So anyway, folks, I'm out of time. I hope that was a mouthful. I hope it was uh, interesting because it's hard to do when you got a cold. Um, but this weekend, enjoy the malls. Stay away from uh, suicide bombers. And think of me, I'll be skiing and uh, shredding up at Mammoth. And uh, thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.